0: Welcome to MUD 79. I'm Fearless Fred Kennedy, the creator of this totally original and in no way authorized Star Wars fan fiction podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably love Star Wars. I do, too, and have always dreamed about telling my own story in a galaxy far, far away. A story that's less about the Jedi Temple and more about those who were on the front lines. A boots-on-the-ground story about how those living in the galaxy survive the horrors of war. That's what Mud 79 is all about. If you're new to the show, welcome, but please be aware this is a series. So if you don't want to be totally lost, start from the beginning with Episode 1. You don't want to be a stormtrooper. This is Episode 20, Just a Little Higher.
1: As the 20th Company prepares for the upcoming Terra Cassi tournament in Flune Bay, the 79th Platoon is sent on an escort mission. They deliver a shipment of weapons and ammunition to a mining colony in the western edge of the Bista Valley, a region rife with secessionist activity. Without warning, one of their lardies is destroyed, and Solomon Kwai runs for cover. Another sesher ambush? How will the lieutenant get his mutters out of this one? And are the freelance mining colonies of Seston IV shifting allegiance? Let's find out.
0: The fighting in the village was heavier than I expected. We were needed. I made the call. Fuck the ledge. We take a spot here. On it. Just a few shots, then move. You got it?
1: Way ahead of you, Corporal.
0: She fired. The kid was already prepped. Well done. The village was a mess. There were two major pockets of fighting near the outskirts where squads three and four were trying to move in and take secure positions. They encountered hostiles within the first few prefabs, but we're advancing through heavy enemy fire. A constant surge forward, giving more than they got. Saw a pocket of Seshers melt back when Targon opened up on the Z-6 from her position. She only leaned off the trigger for a second when a rocket impacted the same area and lit it up. Saw bodies, parts of bodies maybe just debris flying into the air. Looked like squads one and two were held down around the warehouse. Which, after getting a better look, was very similar to the one we'd raided back in Flaudeen with the Inquisitor. You could read the blaster fire. Mostly Imperial E-11s, but a lot of other blaster fire along with it. From the patterns, there were two groups fighting off a third. I didn't know what was happening and didn't have time to ponder. There were shooters on the roofs of some of the buildings. That was bad, so I leveled my rifle. Full clip. The new scope was just incredible. It cut clean through the grit in the air had a near crystal image of the prick on the closest building. Three shots, all of them in the torso. Almost zero spread. I'd done a good job on this rifle. The new plasma routers ensured almost zero bolt dissipation and they filtered the Tabana gas internally, not completely, but enough so my bolts were hewed down to near zero. Another target, climbing the comms tower near the warehouse. Had an RPS strapped to their back. A rocket launcher with that vantage point could change the pace of this thing pretty quick. There was another sesher climbing up the tower below them, had two freshly-minted rocket canisters hanging off their shoulders. I could admire the guts to try and get into an open position like that, but I was still gonna put them down. Both of them. I was adjusting my range, planned on targeting the guy above with the RPS, make him fall back, take his friend out as he tumbled. Ranged my rifle for an extra hundred meters. was taking that last breath when someone picked him off. It looked like it was one of the seshers on a nearby roof. They must have thought the guy was one of ours, who knew? The brush moved beside me. It was Puenda.
1: Corporal, up on the ledge, there's another shooter.
0: I looked over but couldn't make out much. Then I focused in with my scope. There was someone, and they had RDI, no heat. And that rifle they were using was a slug thrower. The Empire didn't issue slug throwers. I looked at my number two. Well spotted, kid, but you could have just used the comms. That's why we have them. No need to evac or hide.
1: Them comms are down, it's all static. Haven't you checked any of the channels?
0: I hadn't, so I tried. Uh. And the kid was right again. Not even static, just a phased tuning frequency. Pretty high-end jammer was running somewhere. That could wait. Right now, that shooter on the ledge was what we needed to worry about looked back down my scope. They'd further out along the ledge. Caught their back leg before it vanished behind some scrub. I couldn't see them from where I was anymore. They rolled out of my sight. I needed more height. There was a boulder further up in the clearing. If I got up top, I'd be able to have the leverage. Just needed a bead. I motioned for Puenda to follow me and we moved along through the grass between a few smaller hunks of rock. We made an effort to stay low but the focus was speed. We reached the boulder and I looked around for some way to get on its peak. I handed Puenda my rifle and told her to hunker down low and watch our rear. I slipped a few times going up and almost fell backward right before the crest but I got there. Reached out for Puente to toss up my blaster. Almost missed that too. Grabbed onto the barrel on its way down. Pulled it in close, then laid down to shoot. I was right in the open, totally exposed, but who care? I just needed that one shot, just one. I zoomed in so tight I could see that sniper pulling the trigger kickback of the slug thrower jerking her body ever so slight, took the range, gauged the humidity, one shot, that's it. I focused, took that last breath, then heard blaster fire, heavy and consistent, to my right, up the slope, above me. It was all sudden, fast, but i was in that spot where you are where you are where your whole world is what's in the scope the blaster fire coming into my right from up the eastern slope it was like sound trying to reach your ears while you hold your breath under the waves the shot went off impact i saw sparks up top the body jerking to the side I hit something, then chunks of stone flew past me, shards. A sharp piece of rock hit my neck just below my skull. A pebble, no damage, but it stung. I rolled to the side and there was a whole squad of battle droids hustling down. Blaster firing torrents from the top of the clearing. I kept rolling and tried my best to drop to the ground gracefully over, slamming into a smaller boulder around the other side where I'd gone up I heard Quenda return fire and that signature sound a droid made when it shorted out move! I called out there was no plan, we ran and since I was facing the ledge that's the way we went further up the hill to the north and the droids followed. There was a second squad behind them. We would drop and open up on them. The sparse tree cover was great for us. We also had superior range and accuracy. These droids were a pale imitation of what the separatists used in the Clone Wars. That didn't mean they weren't dangerous though. We could get off two quick shots and that was it. I had to eyeball them. The scope was sighted too far and I had no time to pull it back. We brought down at least eight before we made the tree line. The jungle would help us. Those old model droids could see decent enough in clear conditions, but with this planet's atmosphere, and the stagnant air under the canopy, it'd be harder for them to keep an eye on us. Of course, they could see the constant vegetation moving as Wenda and I barreled through the undergrowth trying to spot a hide. We needed some place to go to ground, regroup. Saw the brook up ahead. It cut a deep channel through the soft earth. Would make a great place to lay low we were still returning fire when we could the droids were having trouble in the foliage and they must have split up because less than a third of them were pursuing us now I guess the others were on their way down to attack the village what a shit show that was they wanted that scanning tower bad Puendo was pulling off some incredible shots She didn't lose accuracy on the move, and I was very impressed. The waterway's bank was only 10 meters away, but no cover between us and there. We let it a burst and then crawled low to the brook's edge and dropped down two meters into the water. It was ice cold and clear, moving fast over rock and silt. It was only knee high, but based on the erosion on the banks, it ran a lot heavier when the thaw rolled in. The spring melt had carved some big grooves on the side of the bank, real soft, real muddy. And what was left was only held together by clusters of roots, overhanging grasses and shrubs with husks of fallen trees creating perfect spots to hide. It'd do nicely. We moved up higher, against the current, hugging the edge, trying to keep the splashing to a minimum. Hide in the existing noise.
1: Roger, roger.
0: Heard the droids call out behind us. They were glitchy, but followed their programming. The brook cut a swath in the green ceiling above. Could see a good deal of the village, and it wasn't looking good. The entire tree line was alive with blaster fire. One burst after another. I lost my cool for a second. The lack of motion giving me time to think. Time for the suck to set in. Then a lardy swept low and laid down a line of plasma. Torched the entire front of the jungle. Then another lardy followed doing the same thing. saw it bank to its side and turn over as a rocket slipped past, barely missing its right wing. But I didn't move. I just looked over at Quenda. She had that cold stare. We held our spot, listening to the droids skulk around above. You could hear them getting closer to the bank. They wanted to come down. They knew we were here. The first one made the leap and slipped on a rock falling on its ass. But then, three more. Then another. Five droids, only a few meters away. I didn't know how many were up above. Maybe another five? Uh-huh. Wenda threw a detonator. The fuse must have been set short because the droids were only beginning to turn on us when it went. I wasn't braced and flew back into the mud behind me, stagged my rifle and some roots as metallic chunks flew everywhere. Those roots saved our asses, slowing down anything fatal. Our plating taking the rest. My ears were ringing and I wasn't even sure if I was okay. Still coming back to reality, giving myself a check to make sure I was all in one piece. Saw one of the droids trying to right itself and bring its blaster down on us. But I freed my rifle, popped it twice. Then blaster fire came in from up above us on the bank. Two, maybe three more. One tried to jump over the ledge, but I fired twice as it landed. The droid slammed face first into the water. I grabbed a detonator off my webbing and nodded to Puenda, who did the same. We tossed them onto the ledge above and waited for them to go off. The timer was a touch longer, and I heard one of the droids react before the explosion. I motioned for Puenda to fade back with me and put down cover on the bank above. There was nothing there. It was clean. She fired at one of the droids as it twitched, but other than that, looked like we were in the clear. I looked down to the village again, wondering how best to help, hesitating, reached for my comms, forgetting it was jammed, and I muttered under my breath.
1: That Gemma must be high up. They'll need height to cover the whole village and the surrounding area.
0: I took a deep breath, looking down at the water circling around my feet. Yeah, let's move up. Neutralize it. You see where those droids came from?
1: The north end of the clearing, edge of the jungle.
0: I noted that there'd be no way they sent prefab clankers through foliage this dense, given how poorly they'd perform. Had it been flesh and blood seshers on our tail, we'd be dead. Only benefit of a droid was its total obedience and lack of hesitation.
1: Roger, Roger.
0: We took a moment to give our gear the once over. Switched out our clips on the webbing, hydrated, took in fresh water from the brook and dropped in sanitation tabs. I noticed I'd been grazed by blaster fire. Not once, not twice, three times. My IRDs were cooked. Too many holes. At least I'd be getting a fresh pair out of this. Puenda and I started making our way up the brook. We needed to find an easier spot to get back up top a lower rise. Then we'd hit the edge of the jungle and follow it along. If we had a scanner with us, something in my pack down near the burning Lardy wreckage, we could just tune it to the energy signature of the droids and backtrack.
1: That wouldn't work. The scanner frequency would be unreliable. That jammer would distort the signals. My dad did that all the time when we were hauling cargo off the bus.
0: Leave it to the kid that grew up in a freelance freighter to understand how best to mess with scanning signals. So, we did the next best thing. We relied on the tracker training Kyra gave us. That guy had eyes, spotted all the details. When we reached the edge of the jungle, I heard voices. They were coming down from above, moving toward us bunch of them we slunk down low almost curled up in a ball as small as you could be eyes out ahead watching for movement about 20 sessions they kept coming more 30 at least maybe 40 they were all hustling down that hill whoever was running this ambush was fully committed to taking our tower This was an all-call press. I hadn't seen anything on this scale since the attack on Vibus. They were coming at pace, too, and well-equipped, loaded down with clips. This was a heavy assault crew, old-timers. They were gonna roll in hard and heavy. They passed us by, though, heading out to the center of the clearing, behind the boulders I'd used to shoot at the ledge. They were all tucked in low. Saw two of them pop up with rocket launchers. Old Republic issue gear. An RPS 4, maybe a 3. No less deadly though. Puendo was raising her rifle and I put my hand on the barrel. Pushed it down ever so slightly. She popped off a shot here. She might hit them. Their back was to us, sure, but they'd be right on top of us. It'd be over. Our priority was the jammer. Once comms was back up, we'd be on the line with those lardies. Even the command ship in orbit. Maybe get a tie strike, who knows? But getting communications restored was what mattered. I just needed to backtrack these assholes to wherever they came from. Quiet, like ghosts. They launched their rockets and hit right in the center pockets of fighting. They were shooting their own in order to bring us down. We tried our best to keep moving, but the vegetation was so broad and leafy, it was hard without giving away our location. Best to wait until they fired again, use the noise as cover and break for it back through the bush. Then I heard that signature sound of mortars on their way down. Our mortars. We curled up, and the explosions went off in the clearing. A mix of high explosive and gas rounds. Not very accurate fire either, which made sense. Whoever was on the mortar was eyeballing those things. No sensor readings but it was a coordinated strike at least. Two MH14s. The line of boulders those Seshers were using as cover wouldn't do much when a high arcing round landed behind them. The mortars always proved their worth in territory like this one round after another. I grabbed Quenda's arm and we kept moving, using the noise to hide. Low, steady, blasts going off behind us. The noise. Heard the screams from the clearing. Happened to look back and noticed a pair of seshers limping towards us. Not towards us, but returning to wherever they came from. One was bleeding heavy, the other just as bad, dragging a leg that was no doubt gonna get amputated. They tried their best to keep moving, the expressions of agony on their faces. Our mortars were still coming down. But closer to the bottom of the clearing, the Seshers were still charging made me wonder how many survived that initial barrage from those MH14s. Quenda and I watched the wounded pair go past. The last thing we wanted was for these two limpers to get a visual, fire up a signal flare or some shit. We just needed to stay invisible. So, we followed along. These two were moving slow but it was our best bet. The fighting in the village was still at a pace. Heard the Lardy swoop low again, dish out more heavy fire. If we could only coordinate our air support, we'd clean the floor with these guys. Which was probably why they'd taken care enough to jam us in the first place. Quenda and I stayed close to our prey, but couldn't risk getting too close. We didn't need to follow them. There was a well-trodden, freshly packed path they were clinging to, but this was gonna lead us directly to where they came from and hopefully to whatever they were using to jam our signals. At this point, we followed them for so long, it got to the point you couldn't even hear the blaster fire to our rear. Distance and cover muted it. The jungles were quiet again save the millions of bugs lizards birds and whatever else was roaming the woods i was listening and peering back at puenda how many more of those sessions were still out here tried not to think about it just kept taking that next step forward one after the other then i saw something up ahead Hidden by some light foliage and camo netting. It was on top of a partially covered ridgeline. A ground hauler. The thing was a collection of parts and pieces. It looked like it was thrown together from some heavy lifters and the like. The back end was assembled from a trailer on grav lifts. And sitting on top, some heavy duty looking comms gear. The jammer. Had two transport generators powering it. I motioned to Puenda as she came up, and we dropped as low as we could, closing the gap. studied the scene, assessing the enemy position. Saw maybe half a dozen militia types, old blaster rifles slung over their shoulders. Some engineers, I guess, monitoring the jammer and its power usage. One saw the two limpers making their way back and ran over to them. Helping support the one with the mangled leg, directed them to the left, out of my field of view, behind some low grade ground speeders, stripped down sledges for transporting anything, troops, cargo, and in this case, Sessure mercenaries and their droids.
1: Roger, Roger.
0: I whispered to Puenda that we should take out the grav lifts. Prevent them from making an escape. Then just do as much damage as possible to the jammer. Put it out of commission. And when it was down, call in a mortar barrage. Acknowledged inbound. She nodded, shifted far out to my right. I held out my hand and signaled a three, counting us in. Two, had to nail those lifts, had to bring it down dialed up the penetration. Range was going to be lower, but we were close enough. Only 200 meters away wouldn't matter. One. I drew in a breath. Then... The first two shots penetrated, but there was no reaction. Pundo was hitting the same lift i fired again and a burst of smoke came out the back right corner of the trailer fell slamming into the dirt and it dragged into the ground pulling the hauler back down the ridge line the whole rig was sliding fortunately toward us the seshers were losing it drawing weapons looking for whoever managed to find them They were scrambling, didn't expect this. One opened fire, loosing bolts into the undergrowth to my left. I shot a burst at the jammer itself, and it sparked to life, current dancing all over. I needed to move. These guys weren't dumb. They'd figure out where I was. We still didn't have a signal on the comms line. Quenda kept firing though, she was laying down. A body tucked into a muddy depression, keeping herself as hidden as possible. She managed to turn that jammer into a spark-riddled smoking husk. My earpiece lit up. Everyone was on comms, yelling, just noise. Of course, I was more concerned with the sudden barrage of blaster fire that was coming at us from the hauler's position. My head was tucked low, and the chatter in my earpiece calmed down. The LT barking orders.
1: I need radio silence, 79. Stay off the open line. Keep the channel clear. The jammer is located at 1 through 3 by 42. 1 through 3 by 42. We need a mortar strike.
0: It was Puenda.
1: Stay off the open line.
0: The channel went dead, and I fell back, watching the enemy take positions. They were looking for us, building a defense with the few guns they had available. I sprinted into the heavier bush and dove behind a toppled hardwood, massive trunk. I heard the bolts slamming into the other side. wondered if they had any heavier weapons back there. Then the first mortar tore into the foliage above. It was halfway between us and the jammer. Then another. Every mortar must have been queued in. And with the sensors online, it was easy to get the distance. The barrage began, and they were dropping two or three rounds a second. Must have unloaded at least 30 times in the area around the hauler. The explosions were a wall of sound, sending debris everywhere. When the barrage stopped, I was buried under flecks of green, mud, sludge. It was everywhere.
1: Are you mobile, Corporal?
0: She was on the encrypted channel. Yeah. I responded, believed that she was okay. I took a deep breath and listened, hoping to hear nothing. I did. Just silence. Then I popped up, finger on the trigger, eyeing my zone, moving through the foliage low, ready to drop and fire at the slightest movement. Smoke from the blown hauler was wafting into the air. It was a wreck of twisted metal. There were bodies around it. I couldn't tell how many. They were in pieces. Nothing whole. I shook off the fragments of leaves clinging to my back. The stuff caught in my webbing. It was wet, soggy, stringed pulp smelled like a freshly cut limmy field chlorophyll filling my nose mingled with the stink of burning chemicals from the blown-out holler and mangled speeders we kept going puenda was 10 meters to my right trees fallen over the jungle just ripped apart but given the impending heat of the valley's summer It'd be overgrown again within two or three months. We huddled down beside a collapsed land speeder, studying every possible spot the enemy could be hiding, peering over the top, around the corner, looking for anything hostile. The smoke was whirling, playing in a breeze, coming down above the canopy. Could feel the fresh air was blowing on my face as, sweat ran down my cheeks the front end of the hauler was a jumble of fire and scrap with the shift in airflow the flames were dancing I was just moving my sight away when Quenda stepped out from behind our cover she had her rifle raised but should have stayed put I hadn't called that sector clear and a blaster bolt whipped out through the flame Hit her right leg heard it impact the shin plating (sighs) her leg flew back and she cartwheeled landing on her side in the shredded earth i didn't move didn't go out and give her aid not yet i eased my rifle around the opposite end of the speeder we were using as cover and glared down the scope whoever shot would expose themselves i just needed to wait Another bolt came through the flame, but Puenda had rolled into a small crater left by the mortar barrage, and it eked past, singeing her rear plating. I had that fucker now. I opened fire, a steady burst of single shots, then yelled at Puenda to get back behind our cover. Coming. While she crawled back, I moved up. There was a toppled, arrow 17 land speeder ahead and to the left surrounded by blown apart droids and the remains of enemy dead i made for it at a sprint no enemy fire no movement at all nothing just the crackle of that burning holler and the sparks of the shorted out power couplings i tucked in behind the arrow and checked my rifle still had half a clip It'd do. Peered around the arrow's side, looking toward the flames. Nothing, couldn't see a thing. I checked in with Puenda again, making sure she was okay, but also ensuring I had a second set of eyes up ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm good. Legs a bit cooked, but nothing's broken.
0: I told her to get lined in to where that shot came from. Make sure nothing came out at me. I scanned around once more listening for the slightest hint of danger. My heart was still riding adrenaline, and in the stillness, I got a sense of how hard I'd been going all day. The myriad of odors slamming into my brain. The burnt vegetation, flesh, copper tingle of blood. That smell, sense. More like a tingle of non-sound your ears register from the static of a blown-out generator cracking its way into deactivation. I moved forward slowly. Rifle lined up ahead, ready to tag anyone or anything that showed face. Rounded the burning front of the hauler. Saw more land speeders. All but the furthest ones flipped over or charred from errant mortar fire. They had trailers too, flatbeds for support. I wondered how many had actually come down on that mining outpost I had never seen this many sessions in hut country ever I was pacing through the smoke that chemical soup stung my eyes but I wasn't about to take my hands off my rifle and wave it away I just took it breathing as shallow as I could up ahead of the wreckage past the speeder-strewn chaos and smoking scraps of metal and meat was a beat-to-shit b 35 ground speeder mostly intact a hodgepodge of mismatched parts and it was still running hot and there was someone slouched over in the passenger seat i zoomed in as close as i could get given the interference from the smoke only caught a glimpse for a second And then there was a slight, ever so slight rush behind me. Not a noise, but an absence of it. Something disturbed the sound behind me. And my scout brain set off alarms. I turned just in time to see a hulking clone commando. That ad hoc paint jobbed armor, self-styled jungle camouflage they were two paces away at most and meant to kill me they swung the butt end of the rifle a simple but fast cross strike but i raised my e11s to block the two rifles met my block was weak it still did its job though it took the hit with such a force i wondered if the rifle i'd spent so many weeks modifying was now toast the thought was fleeting, but I remember thinking it. Tried to realign myself, get my barrel locked in on this guy, but they were too quick, too strong. They pulled my barrel down, away to the side, dropping their own blaster, then driving their left fist into my side. It hit the right edge of my chest plate. You'd think that absorbed the impact, but it just slammed the edge into my rib cage felt the crunch of breaking bone the cloner didn't stop they shifted their stance in a fluid motion and came up with their right knee i knew it was coming i'd seen this same move in the ring during training i dropped my left arm down tried to lessen the impact with my elbow and it worked they hit my elbow which slammed into my side but it was nothing serious the skip would have liked that one I stepped back, keeping my feet apart. A light shuffle, purely on defense, trying to get some space. When you fight someone this much bigger and stronger, you need space, you need a plan. Need to eliminate their advantages. The clone was moving, no stopping the flow. Dropped low, real quick, shockingly quick. Took a stutter step forward, then threw me. A bull rush that caught me off guard and came in like a blaster bolt. He grabbed me with hands as strong as a loader droid, then they threw me down into the side. I hit the ground and rolled, dropping my rifle. This guy was slicing through me like a combat sim while I was running on instinct. I was just trying to stay alive and figure out where my rifle landed. I managed to catch a glimpse of it as I scrambled to my feet. Camo painted Cloner rushing for it too. They were closer. I knew they'd make it there first. If they turned on me, I was toast. That rifle would slip right through my armor, and at that range, more than likely rip a hole 10 centimeters wide through my torso. So, I did what very few people would be dumb enough to even consider. I tackled the ARC Trooper, like we were playing Limmy. They were a step shy from grabbing the stock when I lowered my shoulder. I hit them clean. They tried to brace to treat my assault like some combat maneuver takedown, maybe even execute a counter throw, but I wasn't going for grace, and there was no strategy involved save don't let them get near the gun. When my shoulder connected, I did what I'd done since my first year of contact play. Stuttered my steps and drove. You learn to just recognize foot placement, and after enough games and enough tackling drills, you just know when to hit to put someone down. This was a hollow, highlight-worthy tackle, too. They fully arched back. When we slammed into the ground, I was trying to figure out what to do next. Then I felt their fist, maybe their elbow, slam down into the back of my helmet, driving my face into the ground, which was softened by busted vegetation and broken earth. Then they hit me again, I was stunned. For a second, I didn't know what was happening. Felt them shove me off, and then... Someone had shot the Ark Trooper. I know now it was Puenda. I laid there watching them bleed out, trying to catch my breath. Then Puenda came running over.
1: You good, Corporal? Oh shit, your, your nose.
0: I was looking at her a touch bleary-eyed as things started to come back into focus. Raised my hands to my nose, which was bleeding pretty heavy. It must have broken when that clone hammer-punched the back of my head a few times. Reality flooded back into my head. Awareness. The clone. I looked over and they were slumped on the ground. I scrambled to my feet and went in for a closer look. Quenda tagged them a few times, and they were all body shots. Deep coursing gouges ripped his armor to shreds, and there were scorched pieces of it on the ground. Good shooting, trooper, I smiled back at her. It was good shooting, and it saved my ass. I told her about the body and the V-35 up ahead and was just slinging my rifle when I heard a lardy roll in overhead.
1: Another clone commando? And a jamming tower capable of blocking out Imperial comms traffic? Just how well equipped are the Secessionist forces? That's next time on Episode 21, Deep Water Clockwork.
0: Thank you for joining me this week on Fearless Fred Presents Mud 79, a Star Wars fan fiction podcast. If you haven't already... Make sure you follow the show so you'll never miss an episode. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. It helps grow the show and will make my contemptible harpy of a producer very happy. We're available for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever else you get your favorite streaming audio. You can also listen at CuriousCast.ca. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information and a full listing of mud 79s cast. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at fearless underscore Fred or email me at mud79 at curiouscast.ca. This show is hosted and written by me, Fred Kennedy and Dila Velasquez, the Harpy, our producer. Sound design is by moi and final production is by Rob Johnson. I'll see you next week for more Mud 79.